You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, the um, Ravens are at Indianapolis uh, for the NFL Combine. And of course, coaches and GMs had the opportunity to speak to the media. So we heard Harbaugh and we heard Eric DaCosta speak on Tuesday um, regarding their respective teams. Um, And let's talk about Harbaugh first, specifically regarding the role of Rashad Bateman. Harbaugh um, spoke very highly about Rashad Bateman and um, he basically supported Rashad Bateman. I'm not really sure what that means in terms of if he's going to get his fifth-year option picked up or not, but it does. Uh, but Harbaugh, just as a coach, was giving his seal of approval when it came to Rashad Bateman, said he expects way more um, catches to Rashad Bateman in 2024, and felt very confident in talking about Bateman. So when you heard those words, first of all, I guess I want to know what you thought about what he said regarding Bateman. And then secondly, how do you think that that affects them from a free agency standpoint? Yeah. I mean, I I think uh, it it definitely reaffirms this notion that Rashad Bateman is going to be a big part of what the Ravens do next year, which I have had my own question marks about, you know, I think we've all right. Right. You know, it's like, (laughs) Just from some of the things we've seen, some of, um, you know, the the lack of chemistry between he and Lamar, uh, the lack of production, to be honest with you, uh, with with Bateman, whenever Lamar throws to him, Lamar's passer rating is not very good. 
throwing at Rashad Bateman. So um, it is a little bit of a surprise to me. And like you mentioned, the fifth-year option, and I don't think Eric DaCosta was even asked about that um, today, which is kind of a surprise. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I John was very um, positive talking about Rashad Bateman at the end of the season presser when we spoke to him at the end of the season uh, as well. And, you know, in, at, in Indianapolis, he doubles down on that. And I think what they did is, you know, he, he John went on to talk about some of the things they did after the AFC championship game. And I, I think that they, when they went back and scouted themselves and went back and watched a lot of the tape, I, I think they probably saw that Rashad Bateman could have done more than what he did. Now in the same breath, John is saying, you know, he's crossing his fingers on Odell Beckham. I don't know how the two can correlate. You know, I, I don't think that Rashad Bateman can be the guy. Uh, is You know, he's already competing with Zay Flowers at this point, which is fine. I have zero issue with that. Um, but then you start talking about the Beckhams of the world and, and they've already brought back Aguilar, which, again, I am fine with that. I like it. Um, but I, I just don't know if Beckham being there necessarily makes it that Rashad Bateman is going to be able to maximize what he can do. Um, if they're going to go with Bateman, cool, because I, I've never said that I think Rashad Bateman can't play. I've never said that I don't think that he's a, a good player and could be a good player for them. I've had my questions on whether or not he's wide receiver one, not because I don't think he can play it, just because they haven't shown us that, you know, I, I just haven't been able to see it happen on the field. It's been nothing but hopeful wishes at this point. So if they're going to make a true commitment to getting Rashad Bateman the ball and really showcasing him in this offense, which it sounds like they are, I, I think it could definitely work. You know, I, a lot of the issues were just Lamar not looking at him. So if it <laughs> turns out that Lamar actually starts looking at him and throwing him a decent ball, then we could see Bateman look like the receiver that I think everybody's been waiting to see. Yeah. I, I look, you, you know, Rashad Bateman has made some mistakes in the past. You know, he's, he's dropped easy passes before and I can understand there's some distrust um, from Lamar, but I also think that we have to acknowledge that Lamar at, at many times doesn't even look in Rashad mm -hmm. Bateman's way. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why they don't have a connection um, particularly because, you know, it's not like the, the, the Raver, the Ravens wide receiving core is like one of the best in the league, right. And that they have a plethora of options here. Um, as we've seen many times on social media and through those that cover the radio, uh, the Ravens from a, a writing perspective, Rashad Bateman is getting separated. You know what I'm saying? He's finding ways to get open. He's just not somebody that Lamar tends to look at. And look, I get it. You know, likely is there. Mark Andrews, when he comes back, he's going to be there. Zay is going to be there. But, but Rashad Bateman, to me, has all the potential in the world to be a, a very good number two wide receiver on this team. And the only way that that can happen is if he and Lamar find a way to get on the same page. And I'm hoping Cordell, that they find some time this offseason and just go through the film and say, well, what, what, what would you have rather me do here? Like, how can we build the chemistry? What are you seeing so that I can see the same thing so then we can find a way to get on the same page? Because otherwise, this is just not going to work. And it does question whether or not, um, you know, you bring them back after a fifth-year option. I, 
I, I go back and forth about this in terms of like, do, what do I think? Because I, I think that they want to keep it. I think that they would like to keep Rashad Bateman, but I, I think that it's a situation similar to Patrick Queen where they don't want that cap hit against, you know, their cap if they accept his fifth-year option. There's also the situation of, does Rashad Bateman want to be a Raven? And is he is his agent or him asking, do not accept my fifth-year option because maybe I want to see what free agency looks like and see what team might be interested in me. Uh, but the, the fact remains is that this is year four, and he's going to be a Raven unless trade, obviously. But he he's going to be here. So if that's going to be the case, they have to find some type of connection because it is very important. If the Ravens want to uh, abandon the run in playoff games when they're behind, whether they're behind three, whether they're behind seven, whether they're behind 14, I don't know. They're going to have to have guys that can make the plays. And if Rashad Bateman is getting open, but Lamar's not looking his way, that is a connection problem. That's a, that's a mental problem between the quarterback and the wide receiver. And I'm not trying to blame either one here because I don't know who's to blame, basically. I don't know why they don't connect. But the point that I'm making is that if you are committed to not running the ball when it counts, then you have to find some type of rapport with the people that you have on your roster. And that's something that's extremely important for Rashad Bateman this offseason. Yeah, I mean, look, he's already – the good thing is he he showed that he can stay healthy. You right. know, he showed yep. that, you, that he can at least make it through a whole season. That's a huge hurdle in itself for a guy, in his case, that hasn't played a whole season to this point. Um and and I and I do think Rashad. I mean, I I said I was saying it in in during training camp and stuff. I, I'm not going to change that now. This dude, when he's out there, he is the smoothest route runner they have. I mean, at times, and this is with Zay Flowers out there. This is with yeah. Odell Beckham out there. There were times Rashad Bateman. I, I left practice saying Rashad Bateman's the best wide receiver on this team. Yeah. So it's without a doubt, it's in there with him. I I just don't know if. Uh, if that connection with he and Lamar that obviously we've seen to this point, if it's going to look like that, then it, we, we won't see how good Bateman can be um, because that the connection that it, with his quarterback isn't there. But I do think there's a way to fix that. Like you mentioned, them getting together this offseason, both of them being able to spend as much time as they can on the field during minicamp and training camp, because even during that time, Bateman has been on a certain schedule. He's on, he's at practice. He's not at practice. He's hurt. He's not, you know, he's got to be able to consistently be on the field because when he's not Lamar's then consistently still building that rapport with flowers, building that rapport with Aguilar, yep. building that rapport with likely everybody, yep. but Rashad Bateman. I'm on a uh, NFL.com and uh, Mark Ross wrote uh, a piece. I, I guess he's, predicting on you know on the 2021 uh draft class who's going to get their fifth year option picked up and uh in the case of Rashad Bateman they're saying yes they do acknowledge that it can go either way um but they think that they do think that the Ravens will ultimately pick up his fifth year option under and they're kind of on the same wave that we are where they're leaning into the potential that Rashad Bateman has. And again, potential is fine, but at some point we have to see it. And I get the analytics and everything and the videos, you know, all the, all the plays of him getting open and not getting the ball. 
they'll be there. Every wide receiver has plays where they can show us where they're getting open and they're not getting the ball. It's about what happens when the ball does get thrown to you. And I'm acknowledging Lamar plays a part in that. It's a hand-in-hand situation. Like you said, you don't know who to place blame to. I don't think there is a necessarily a person to place blame on. It's just what it is. They both have a hand in this. And I think it's going to be important that that relationship on the field, because I do think their off the field relationship is good on the field though. They have to get on the same way. Absolutely. There's some trust issues going on maybe on both sides and they just got to fix it. If they're going to be playing together in 2024, they have to fix it. And hopefully they'll get that together this all season and we'll see the results uh, when we, when the season starts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Cordell, so we know that running backs is uh, the hot topic for the Ravens this offseason. Eric DaCosta talked about that. As of right now, we're learning that it appears that no running back is going to be put on a franchise tag, which means all the available running backs, which is a nice plethora of running backs with names, will be available this offseason. The Ravens currently have one running back that is healthy under contract in Justice Hill. Gus Edwards is no longer, uh, he's a free agent. Uh, Keaton Mitchell will be recovering from an ACL injury. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, obviously, uh, he was a four-year player, so he should be free as well. So um, Eric DaCosta mentioned that, you know, they have been talking to Gus Edwards uh, they talk to J.K. Dobbins. That doesn't really mean a ton to me that you have a conversation with somebody. I think that the Ravens are considered a class organization for a reason, and that means that they communicate well is one of those things. But ultimately, you'd like to think that the Ravens will be looking to upgrade the running back position. Now, we all know that the, the information has been coming out about Derrick Henry and the trade. We all knew that that was the case anyway and that the ownership vetoed that trade. Um, So there's been a lot of conversations about Derrick Henry coming to the Ravens, but I mean, you have a nice amount of options. And when you think about the 30 million surplus that the, the NFL has received because of the, with the cap situation, you feel like that the Ravens are in a good position to really get the running back that they're looking for to upholster this offense. Yeah. I mean, um, and you know, to that point, Eric DaCosta, he, talking about the salary cap increase, he, you know, he still let it be known that, you know, they have a process that they go by. And 
they're not just going to be out here just throwing money at people. You know, it doesn't seem like that's what they want to do. Um, but there are a lot of options. And you mentioned none of these guys have gotten franchise tag this year. So pretty much all of these guys will be available. And, you know, a couple of these dudes were franchise tagged last year. So it just isn't happening again. Guys like yep. Saquon Jacobs and uh, what's his name out of Dallas, um, Tony Pollard. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think there are some options. Uh, I've been talking about guys that aren't the big name guys. You know, I've been, I've, I'm looking at guys like DeAndre Swift, um, uh, uh, Zach Moss, um, but the Derrick Henry stuff definitely, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it does seem like that would make sense. I think the Ravens have gotten an up close look at Derrick Henry in January and they have seen the type of impact that he can have on some of those games. And they start to thinking about what a guy like Derrick Henry could be for a team like them, who is already the best rushing offense really over for a while now in the NFL. And that's with Lamar Jackson being their leading rusher every year that he's been a starter. Just what would happen if the Ravens actually had a running back lead their team in rushing, actually had a running back that they could lean on to be the leader of their run game. Lamar is still a part of it. But right now, I've said it in the past, Lamar is, they, they need Lamar to be a runner. I think if you get a running back that you can trust in that department, then Lamar's legs becomes a little bit more of a luxury. Um, but and and I think it shows in the playoffs. I continue to say I'm not condoning them giving running back the running backs that they did have three opportunities. No running back is getting in a rhythm with that. And you talk about <laughs> Derrick Henry, he's a guy that definitely needs uh his carries early in the game to get into a rhythm to start wearing defenses down. So you're going to have to make a true commitment to a guy like that if you're going to have him on your team. But that's why I have maintained that if they do go and get one of these running backs like a Henry, like a Saquon, like a Jacobs, it'll it's, those are guys you have to give the ball to. It's you know it's easy to go away from Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Lamar. You know is your quarterback. You only want him to run the ball, but so many times. But when you have those guys like that, they have that they're naturally a part of your game plan. And I just would like to see what the Ravens offense would look like with a, you know, a true weapon at the running back position. We got a taste of it with Keaton Mitchell and some of the explosive plays he were able to make. Think of what some of these guys could do. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and and so I know that we're hung up on the Derrick Henry thing because he was possibly going to be traded to Baltimore, but there's so many running backs out here. I, I would like for the Ravens to not necessarily, uh, you know, put their, you know, eggs in that basket because they don't have to. You have options here. You have a lot of options here, actually. And um, I mean, the one thing that that I know is that Josh Jacobs, more than anything, wants to be a Baltimore Raven. That is something that he has clamored for. Now, I don't know if he's willing to take some type of hometown discount, which hometown obviously is me being facetious. It's just, you know, you want to be somewhere bad enough. At, at what expense do you want to be somewhere bad enough? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if that's going to be the case because at the end of the day, you know, everybody wants to get paid. But 
I do know that Josh Jacobs would love to be in the purple in black. And I, I would explore that option, right? Derrick Henry is a great um, running back, but with the questions of the offensive line and knowing that he's one of the worst running backs in the league in terms of uh, before contact, you know, he's one of the worst in terms of, you know, yards before contact. And with the questions of the offensive line, I just don't know what that's going to look like. I don't, if you're going to have a new left guard, a new right guard, I don't know. You might even have a new left tackle and, and right tackle. I have no idea what this line is going to look like. And as, as good of a player as Derrick Henry is, if the line is questionable and he's the one that got pretty much most, he's the one that's the workhorse of all of them in terms of like mileage, right? I just don't know how that's going to look with a new revamped line that potentially has a lot of youth on it and it's going to take time to gel. So I, I'm not saying that I'm out on Derrick Henry. I'm just simply saying that you have options pretty much on every level. The highest of the highs with Saquon, the lowest of the lows with Pollard and Zach Moss, who I love Zach Moss, by the way. And I'm not, this is not me calling him low, but I'm term, I'm talking about in terms of what it is that they'd be asking for, in my mm. opinion. So, I, you know, we know that the running game is important to the Ravens, well, at least in the regular season. Uh, mm. So they're definitely going to try to find a way to get one of those guys um, and, yeah, it's nice for them to say that they're talking to Gus. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Gus come back, but I also realize that because of the the nature of the names that are available, you have to at least try to dip and dab your way into one of those guys because it would be an upgrade. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I I think I don't, and again, I don't think it'll be a situation where the Ravens are looking to break the bank. You know, and I, right. I don't think these running backs would be as expensive as some people are imagining. I'm thinking that, you know, maybe the, the top person gets max like 12 at the yeah. most. I think that. You know? But but who if if you're the Ravens, are you willing to pay that? No, I'm not, that, I don't think the Ravens are going to exactly. be the team to, to go get the highest paid running back on the open market. Yep. I, I don't think they're going to be the team. I don't think they're going to be the first team to sign a running back. You know, I, I think that they'll go through their options. Um, but at the same time, I do expect him to get somebody and I think it'll be somebody good. I mean, Eric DaCosta talked about the draft and he acknowledged that he doesn't think that the running back position is, is that deep in the, in the draft. So I, I do think that they're looking at getting running backs out of free agency. You know, I, I do look from what they've said and just looking at this team in general, I think that's a true priority for them. Yes. But I don't think that they're going to go out there and pay Derrick Henry $11 million a year. I, I think yeah. it'll be a situation to where if they get Derrick Henry, it'll be at, you know, at a price. I think both sides are comfortable with fans may not be comfortable with it, but I think that the Ravens will not try to, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be out here getting disrespected. You know, I, I don't think it'll be a situation where you take it four or $5 million. It may be nine, 10 max. Uh, I could see 10 at the max with Derrick Henry right now, but I, I, if he's in Baltimore, I think it'll be at a number that both sides are comfortable with. Oh, that's, that's going to be anybody. You know what yeah. I mean? Anyone that they bring in here is going to have to be comfortable with doing it the Ravens way. That's just going to have to be the case. And look, you know, this is the team that just went to the AFC championship game. What do you, you know, you might 
be like, I'm willing to, you know, take a little bit less mm-hmm. just to be on a, a team that has a, a lot of aspirations and, and, and has an MVP quarterback, you know, back there. So it's definitely something we'll be watching in the draft as well, because there are running backs coming out of the draft that, and it will be interesting to see how they plug this hole in. But as we know, free agency is looming um, and we'll be, obviously uh, in in play prior to the draft. So we'll see who the Ravens pick up, if they pick up anyone all at all during this free agency period. All right, Cordell, so there's some tidbits here and there that both EDC and Harbaugh discussed. Um, first one up, Justin Matabike, uh, he said he, meaning EDC, said that they have been talking and um, they're trying to get a deal done, but if they cannot get the deal done by Tuesday, it appears that they will be putting a franchise tag on Matabike. Thoughts on that? Yeah, no real surprise there. Um, they're looking to try to get a long-term deal done. I'm curious if they do. I am very curious to see what types of numbers we're talking. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not letting Justin Matabike get out of that building. He's going to be in a Ravens uniform one way or another uh, next season. Um, but I, I anticipate, I, I, I'm kind of indifferent right now because I do think that there's mutual interest. Obviously I think Matt Abike does want to stay in Baltimore and I think it's clear the Ravens want him. So I think it's right now, it, it's kind of a toss up in terms of whether a deal is going to get done by the franchise tag deadline. But, um, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm not shocked to hear that he's going to still remain in Baltimore. 75-25 chance, in my opinion, him being franchise tag versus a deal being done. That's how I, that's where I am with that. Um, so it will be interesting. I, I mean, I said 25. I ain't saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying right. I feel like it might not. I feel like the chance of it not happening is stronger than the chance of it happening. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where that goes uh, when the Tuesday deadline looms next week. Um, Eric DaCosta also said that he talked to – he's been texting Odell Beckham Jr., I don't know how to feel about this considering John Harbaugh's uh, comments about Rashard Bateman. I, I don't know where he fits in. He's definitely not going to get $15 million if he comes back. So uh, have we seen the last of OBJ in your opinion? I think so. I think so. I mean, Harbs says, you know, he's crossing his fingers on OBJ as well. Um I think that they just have to say the right things. And I, and, and I don't, I, I don't think it's a situation to where, like they don't like Odell Beckham. I mean, I, I think that they like the guy and everything like that, but where does he truly fit into your plans? And can Rashad Bateman fully, you know, be himself when you're bringing in a, a polarizing guy like that, which it was good for this year, um, but it was good for everybody but Rashad Bateman. So how much are you really invested in getting the most out of him if Beckham is still on this roster. And even on the flip side, I just don't know what Beckham is going to do in this offense, the way they used him at least. And he had his moments. He had a couple of good games, but you know, overall it it wasn't great. It was the, the experiment wasn't great. I think, you know, Beckham probably would have liked more opportunities, but I think that they, they kind of dropped the ball in some of the ways that they used him as well. So I don't know, but in my mind, I think, I, I think the Beckham thing in Baltimore should be over. Yeah. Like using them in a the slot more than outside. Uh, but who, you know, who, who's maybe I, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, no, it's not. A spectator. <laughs> 
I'm going to go ahead and mind my business on that one. All right, y'all coming up next. I mean, next. Uh, Harbaugh talks about the offensive line. Oh, before we get on that, uh, I just want to say real quick that this wide receiving draft class is pretty deep. I mean, not necessarily mm-hmm. from a first-round perspective, but I do think that that's more likely the case in terms of what the Ravens will potentially do, go into the draft and and, and get some guys as opposed to bringing a guy like Odell back. All right, offensive line. Um, John Harbaugh talks about the offensive line and how, you know, they expect some some changes. And we talked about this just a couple, uh, you know, the last segment, because I, I am concerned about that when it comes to the running back situation. So it feels like Tyler uh, Lindebaum is the only certainty here. Mm-hmm. I, everybody else, to me, I can make a case for or against you know, that won't be back, will be back. Who knows? Uh, so there there will be some turnover on the offensive line. And and that was uh, discussed. What are your thoughts on Harbaugh's words regarding that? Yeah, I mean, he acknowledged that there are going to be some changes on the offensive line. And he says, you know, in a, in a bunch of in, in a couple of different ways. Um, so I don't think that they're done making it. Something just tells me that they're not done making changes on the offensive line. Um, like you mentioned, I mean, honestly, Linderbaum is the only sure thing that they have on the offensive line. I think uh, if I'm a betting man, I say Ronnie Stanley is still on the team. I do too. I, yep. I don't know what that means for Morgan Moses. I, I don't. I think it should. So we talked I, about that last week, right? 33 yeah. years old. but He will be 33 by week one. I just want to point that out. And, and But I, I, I do think Morgan Moses should still be on this team. I, I, I think Moses played well. You know, he had his injuries. And, and look, he goes back out there and he finishes the season. And I, I, I thought, I, I really think you could do far worse than having Morgan Moses as your right tackle. I truly do. I agree. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens, but something tells me that maybe maybe Moses could could potentially be the odd man out. We'll see. Well, and there's also the situation with left guard and right guard after the void year, uh, the uh, deadline. And Zeitler did not get signed. It feels like he's gone. John Simpson also feels like he might be gone. So um, there's a lot of depth also in this class coming out for offensive line as well. So it's very possible that the Ravens look within and get guys that they already have, like a Ben Cleveland. And, you know, they posted a video uh, with Voorhees. So to mm. me, that's pushing some type of narrative, Cordell. That's how PR works, okay? Uh, and so it's very possible that they'll t- they'll take a look at him. He was a, a utility offensive lineman player at USC, who did pretty well. He played left guard and right guard and center. So he he's, he has a lot of interior line um, experience there and then potentially maybe get a guy in free agency and then maybe go to the draft to kind of build a, build up your roster there. So that part will be um, interesting. Harbaugh also talked about um, Munkin and Lamar and how they want to build around Lamar and how they had a conversation after the AFC championship game. I would love to know exactly what was discussed mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, I mean, I know he, 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 he mentioned it 
at the press conference at the end of the year. He he mentioned, you know, that they that they were supposed to do this and then that didn't happen, but you know, he brought it up again. I really would have just loved to be a fly in the room in yeah. that conversation. But nonetheless, apparently it was a uh, uh, he makes it so that it was a positive conversation and they are looking forward to year 2 and you know how they want to do things in 2024 and how they are committed to building around Lamar. So uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, just, he, he said that he feels like the offense is just getting started and he, you know, he, and I, and I do to a degree believe, you know, I, I agree with him when he talks about the baby steps, the offense never truly took off, even when they got hot, you know, they did, they did some good things, but there was always like, the the desire for more with the offense there was always mm-hmm. this idea that they were capable of more than what they were giving you so um i definitely do agree that they kind of just scratched the surface with the offense i mean look mark andrews wasn't a part of this thing pretty much all year um so that's that's a big part of it as well so um we'll see what type of wrinkles they put in there but their tendencies on the back end of the season have been kind of their achilles heel um, and, and nothing will matter if they don't change some of those things. Completely agree with you there. So um, it, obviously what they do with this offseason in terms of the running back situation, in terms of if they add any wide receivers is going to, uh, and also the offensive line, you know, because um, it appears that they potentially might want to go younger and more athletic. I think um, ED, EDC said something about that anyway, about wanting to be a little bit more athletic. So uh, it will be interesting to see how the personnel that they get this offseason, whether it be free agency or draft, plays into what it is that they do year two together, Lamar and Todd Munkin. So obviously that's something that we'll be paying attention to moving forward. We want to thank you all for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 